0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a new year. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio Tuesday, January 3rd. It is a somber Monday. There's no other way to say it. If you were watching the Bengals and the Bills last night, you saw the play. Didn't look out of the ordinary. It was a regular tackle. No head-to-head contact. And DeMar Hamlin tried to get up. Got up after the hit. The, the uh, safety for the Bills. Then collapsed. Cardiac arrest. Uh, apparently revived on the field. Needed help breathing. In the University of Cincinnati Hospital. No update since about 2 o'clock this morning. When the Bills... Social media said that he was uh, getting good care at Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, had a tube to help him breathe, but his vital signs were good. It's uh, hard to know how to handle something like this on the radio. This is a fun show. Always try to have fun with it. Scooter and I make a lot of jokes. He gives me grief. I tell him when he's wrong. And it works pretty well. Which is a lot. Yeah, that gives us an hour of content right there. But on a day like this, it's difficult. Because there's so much to talk about today. After the playoffs, the college playoffs, congratulations TCU and Georgia. They'll be in the national championship game on Monday night. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 71 points last night for the Cavaliers. Kentucky stunk it up in a bowl game. UK beat U L in basketball. I mean, I got so much to get to, and I'm going to get to all that. Because that's what we do. We move on. But we would be remiss if we didn't say, our thoughts are with Damar Hamlin. And you knew kind of quickly this was not good. Right? He collapses. You think, okay, did, he hit, did his head hit somebody? We are so conditioned watching college football in the NFL to to see injuries. We see them all the time, whether it's an ACL, whether it's head-to-head contact, targeting is a big deal right now. But we don't normally see a guy have cardiac arrest. I remember opening day, I don't know what year it was, Cincinnati Reds, John McSherry, Big John, uh, Obese umpire, no other way to say it. He was a big dude. And before the game, the Reds pitcher is warming up on the mound. We are literally a minute and a half away from first pitch. And John McSherry is just getting ready to call balls and strikes. He's watching the pitcher warm up. And all of a sudden, he takes a couple steps back and boom, hits the turf. Dead. Right there.
1: Would you believe me if I told you that was 1996?
0: Yeah, I would. It seems like a long time ago. But I remember seeing that going, wow. Because you don't see people die on the athletic field. One of the reasons is they're all in such great shape. Hank Gathers. I don't know how many years ago that was. Loyola Marymount. Uh, And this was not on television live. This was back in the day where there weren't a whole lot of games on. But I saw the video. He went up, he dunked, he headed back down the floor, and all of a sudden, he just collapsed. That was 1990. Passed away. So we don't see it very often. And when we do, it is stunning. It is mesmerizing. Don't know how to handle it. Don't know how to deal with it. Obviously, the Bills players, Bengals players, they didn't know how to handle that last night. I give a lot of credit to Zach Taylor. If you watched, and I watched... Most of the coverage last night, I thought Joe and Troy did a pretty good job. I thought the camera work was fantastic. You don't want to show what's going on. The cameras stayed away. Uh, We saw Bill's players crying. We saw Bengals players crying. We saw players from each team trying to console each other. I think they were going to play. I think the NFL was going to let them play, which is a mistake. NFL won't admit that. They say, no, no, we never said, get ready, five minutes, we're going to pick the game back up. But I think somebody said that. And when Zach Taylor walked across, the Bengals coach walked across, Sean McDermott met him about 10 feet off of the Buffalo sideline, and they put their hands up to their mouths so nobody could read their lips, and they talked it over. I think Zach Taylor went over and said, dude, we, you guys don't have to play this game. This is crazy. Let's go to the locker room. We're not going to play. Zach Taylor, in my opinion, was the adult in the room yesterday, last night. And he is a young coach. He was the grown up last night. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open if you'd like to join in the conversation. 502 384 1450. You can also hit me up on the Thornton's text line 502 414 1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito along with any fountain drink, tea, fizz, freeze, or 20-ounce bottle of soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We see injuries in sports all the time. I was watching on Monday Night Football when Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Theismann's leg. It led to one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the David Letterman show, the Joe Theismann pencil sharpener, where you took his leg and turned it around and around and around to sharpen your pencil. It was hilarious. We are used to injuries. A guy gets injured, whether it's an ACL, knee injury, back injury, foot injury, helmet-to-helmet, helmet, concussion. We have become accustomed to that. We sort of just shake them off. Okay, they're taking this guy off on a cart. He's waving to the crowd. He's crying. Uh, you know, I know I'm hurt, but I'm going to be okay. And let's play ball. We're used to it. We don't think a thing about it. Tua tunga has had at least two and probably three concussions this year. He's not going to play Sunday, I don't think. That's the smart move. He's not going to play the rest of the year if if you are going to be smart about it. But Dolphins are trying to get into the playoffs. They're 8-8. But we don't talk at length. We don't feel awful about Tua having perhaps brain damage. We don't because we have become immune to it. we become accustomed to it. Concussions, part of the game. Torn ACLs, part of the game. I remember when Kevin Ware uh, shattered his leg, compound fracture, bone coming through, against Duke in the NCAA tournament in the year the Louisville won it all, 2013.
1: I, I would make the case that we have not grown accustomed
0: to seeing bone in these breaks. You're correct. That one, You're that one, wrong. forever. Will that will stick wrong. with to me. me. And I don't know if you remember the Joe Thiesman, Lawrence Taylor tackles him, gets up and grabs his own helmet, like, "Oh my gosh, what have I done?" Starts waving medical personnel out onto the field because Joe Thiesman's leg was pointing in the wrong direction. Ugh. We're conditioned to see these injuries, whether they're horrific or. Guy goes down, they bring out the cart, they put him on there. He's got a towel over his head. His teammates all come give him five. We're not conditioned to see people die on the playing field or on the court. Hank Gathers, didn't see it live, but I saw the replay. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Kevin Ware, didn't die, but you're right. We we don't forget that one. We don't want to remember it, but we don't forget it. Maurice Clarette who was going to be one of the top picks in the draft, gets hurt in a bowl game. And it was nasty. It was a leg injury, and it was not pretty. But we are not accustomed to seeing people die. And let's be honest, he died on that field. They brought him back. They resuscitated him. But the truth of the matter is, DeMar Hamlin, at least temporarily, passed away. All we can do is hope for the best. And because this is sports, because this is what I do for a living, we have to ask other questions now, not about DeMar Hamlin. We have to ask, what's the NFL do here? Because not only is this an awful thing to happen, the smart move last night without question was not play any more football. But where do we go forward from here as far as playing the game of football? Do the Bengals and Bills pick this game up at some point in the near future? Because it has to be the near future because the playoffs are right around the corner. What do you do? Do you move the playoffs back a week? Because you can do that. There are two weeks between the NFC and AFC championship game weekend and Super Bowl weekend. You can change it. Make it one week. They've done it before. It's happened before. Not because of a death, but for whatever reason, they've had to do this before. Networks won't be happy. They've got their programming lined up, and this is going to alter that. But so what? So what? Or do you say Bengals, Bills, we're going to give each a tie? Or we're going to have no game? And the playoff seeding will be determined by uh, win percentage. If that's the case, Bills are in trouble. Because Chiefs got the Raiders in Vegas on Saturday – if this game is not played, Chiefs are going to be the number one seed if they beat the Raiders. Bills will drop to the number two seed. That's the reality of sports. Well, and Cincinnati's got a say in it too. Absolutely. And don't take this as we're being insensitive to what happened to DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin is number one in the thoughts. That's it. There is no number two. But we have to talk about what's going to happen in the NFL. Will the Bengals and Bills be ready to play this weekend mentally? Stephon Diggs stayed behind in Cincinnati, along with a couple other Bills. Stayed behind in the hospital. They're supposed to practice tomorrow. The Bills have to play in New England on Sunday, 1 o'clock. Bengals have to play Baltimore on Sunday. Will either team be ready to play emotionally and mentally? Don't know the answer to that. They're going to have to play. Those games aren't getting canceled. They're going to play. And there are playoff ramifications if this Bengals-Bills game is not rescheduled to be finished at some point. As of right now, it is postponed. It is suspended, I should say. Not postponed. It is suspended. They will pick it up with nine and a half minutes it's or whatever five, it was. Uh, 5.50. Le- left in the first quarter, 7-3 to three, Cincinnati with the lead. The amazing thing to me, Scooter, was this was not a head-to-head tackle.
1: Mm-mm.
0: This was a this was a tackle you see on just about every play. Yep. Normal tackle. Did uh, T. Higgins' helmet or shoulder hit DeMar Hamlin in the wrong spot and cause the heart to stop? He got up. He stood up, and then he just, a couple seconds later, went slowly back down to the ground. I don't know. And I don't know the answer for the NFL. This is a tough call because this is going to be precedent setting. We don't know what they're going to do because they've never been in this situation. We haven't had this every year in sports. There's a couple of times during the year where whether it's football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, hockey, doesn't matter where something happens and you go, we've never seen this before. What do we do? This is one of those situations. And the NFL they're not going to make everybody happy. My guess is this game does not get resumed. My guess is they don't change the playoff schedule. My guess is they go by your winning percentage. And if the Chiefs win uh, Sunday, they'll be the number one seed. Buffalo will be number two. Cincinnati will be number three. If, if Cincinnati beats Baltimore, by the way. Because if Cincinnati doesn't beat Baltimore, all of a sudden, Baltimore is going to have a better winning percentage than the Bengals. And they'll win the division. The Bengals will have to go on the road. So a lot of ramifications and implications to this game not being finished. But I think that's the move. You can't ask the Bengals and Brown and uh, Bills to play in a short week here. You can't ask them to play Sunday and then, hey, come back and play Wednesday before the playoffs start. You can't do that. You can't ask them to play I guess theoretically, you could say, okay, let's play tomorrow. Let's finish the game. And then we're going to let uh, both of your games be moved to Monday next week, and then we'll do the playoffs. Or Tuesday. Or even. Tuesday. In theory, that could happen. Doubtful. Um, but, again, they did the right thing last night. I, and, listen, credit to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And, and a lot of credit here to Susie Colber, Booger McFarlane, and Adam Schefter, back in the studio. Because they don't know what to do there. That's, what, 40, 30 to 45 minutes of basically trying not to say the same thing over and over and over again. And Booger was the first one to say, hey, they, they can't play football tonight. This is taking way too long. Make this decision now. This, is, this cannot play. They cannot play football. So credit to those people because that, you're in a spot there you've never been in. Your job is to analyze games. Your job, is to come on at halftime, talk about what happened on Sunday, analyze the first half. You're not there to talk about if Demar Hamlin is going to pass away or not on the field at, at Paycor Stadium. And I, I bring up Hank Gathers because there was not a defibrillator at that game. There is. You cannot go to a game now college basketball or football or any pro sport where there's not a defibrillator on hand now. I do St. X games. They have one in the athletic office. It's there. It's close. During football, it's down by the field. During basketball, it's in the athletic office right outside the gym. Hank Gathers passing away made defibrillators a must-have at sporting events. But there wasn't one that night. Concussions are normal. Torn ACLs are normal. Near deaths or deaths on the field or the arena, that's not normal. But again, we have to move on. I got a lot to talk about today. Kentucky's lack of showing up offensively in the bowl game. Kentucky Louisville basketball is sort of what we expected. Cats in action again tonight, cards in action again tonight. We'll preview those games as well. Happy New Year, everybody. We're gonna to try to lighten it up a little bit after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big I X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio on this Tuesday. Feels like a Monday. No show yesterday. Uh, Trevor Kelsey texted me. Wanted to know if I had a show on Monday.
1: I thought you meant he texted you right now. I was like, it's only 1230. He's not awake.
0: He's asleep, especially (laughs) on a rainy day. Uh, And he said, do you have a show on Monday? I said, no, it's a federal holiday. And he said, you're not a federal employee anymore. I said, no, I'm a retired federal employee, so I still celebrate federal holidays. That's why I'm not here on Martin Luther King Day. I'm not here on uh, Indigenous Day. It used to be Columbus Day. I won't be here. Just to let you know, Scooter, I won't be here on those. Sweet. Um, Just to let you know
1: where Trevor's brain's at. President's uh, Day. told him about three
0: times last week you weren't doing a show on Monday. Well, sometimes there are things that happen that cause those brain cells to get fried. You know that. Um, one positive note here, or at least we hope it's positive. Chris Pronger, a hockey player, took a slap shot to the chest in 1998. And he had what they are describing may have happened to DeMar Hamlin. It's called comodio cordis. I read about it last night. All right. So your heart stops. Your heart uh, gets in distress and stops. Uh, Pronger was back on the ice weeks later, played 12 more seasons, and is now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Wow. So, you know, let's hope for the best here for DeMar Hamlin. And uh, I think we should expect the best. I really do. Modern medicine. I've got a sister-in-law who had a double lung transplant just before Christmas. Not, She's doing much, much better. And, you know, we thought we were going to lose her at one point. So, Uh, Modern medicine's incredible.
1: Yeah, basically, what I read is it's a shot above. You take a shot above your heart, as your heart's in the middle of a beat, and just disrupts the whole rhythm of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's hope. Yeah, I mean that's all we can do. Um, I I I forgot about Dale Dale Earnhardt. Now I was watching that one live, Daytona, and you mentioned it doesn't look like they're you know it doesn't look that bad, but those announcers knew. Um, oh, who's the the uh, analyst? For NASCAR for all those years, he knew as a former driver. Just this is not good. Nobody's moving in that car. He hit that wall at an unbelievable angle. Was there was no, there was no Hans device back then. Uh, and and those announcers knew. And it is it is a tough tough job to try to fill that time when you know this is not good. All right, let's talk a little basketball. Kentucky, 86, Louisville 63. Was there anything in that game that you didn't expect?
1: No. If you could have asked me how the game was going to go, that was it. That was that uh, was, was, was exactly what I was expecting.
0: 16-2 out of the gate. Yeah. Kentucky hit a couple of threes. Uh, L. Ellis is still L. Ellis, but, man, he's got no help. He hasn't had any help all year long. Oscar Sheewe, 24 points, 14 rebounds. Jacob Toppin who scored zero against Missouri in the loss, comes back with 24-7 and seven, uh, against Louisville. And I'm going to tell Kentucky fans kind of the same thing I told Louisville fans. When Louisville beat Western Kentucky, I said, don't get excited. You beat Western Kentucky, you shot 60%, over 50 from three, 19 of 20 at the line, you're not going to do that again. I'm going to tell Kentucky fans this. You you still haven't beaten a good team. You still haven't beaten a good team. Michigan is probably the best team you've beaten, and they're not good. You didn't didn't fare well against Gonzaga, Michigan State, UCLA. Missouri took you to the woodshed. You haven't beaten anybody good. Kentucky, by the way, is a 10-point favorite at home tonight against 12-1 LSU. I will say this. I say it all the time, Vegas knows a lot more than I do. That seems like a big number. LSU coming off a win uh, over Arkansas, a ranked Arkansas team at LSU. But again, road games in conference. I talked about this, Scooter, and the numbers are, are backing me up. It was not crazy this weekend, but four and four since we were last on the air in my, uh, my uh, what do you call it, system bet, which is unranked home underdogs versus ranked opponents. The winners, Friday, UCLA beat Washington State by one as an eight-and-a-half point favorite. Pitt upset North Carolina. Pitt was at home. Uh, Arizona, I'm sorry, Texas beat Oklahoma by one, Texas was like a three-point favorite in that game. And the other win, Iowa State upset Baylor, beat Baylor's rear end by 15 as an underdog. But they're losers too. Miami beat Notre Dame by 11 at home, or at Notre Dame. Uh, Arizona beat Arizona State and covered. Not by much, but they covered. Virginia beat Georgia Tech by 18. And then Sunday, UCLA bounced back and beat Washington by uh, 25. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of this. It's still over 500. We have a couple of instances tonight. By the way, Kansas is on the road at Texas Tech for a nine o'clock game. Kansas is only a two and a half point favorite in this game. Third ranked Jayhawks against the unranked Red Raiders. Now Texas Tech is ten and three. Games on ESPN two. If you want to follow along. Virginia at Pitt, nine o'clock on the ACC Network. Virginia is a five-point favorite. Pitt is a home, unranked underdog against a ranked opponent. That is the uh, second game tonight, uh, and that's it. Just those two tonight. But back to Kentucky and Louisville. Casein Wallace had seventeen points and five rebounds. I am now of the opinion that Casein Wallace should touch the ball a lot more. You're just now at that opinion? No, but I'm. I'm. I'm hundred percent locked in on it now. I, I I was leaning. I've been leaning that way for a while. That dude can. That dude's. He's around for another four months, and he's gone. He is an NBA player right now. And when Severe Wheeler is <laughs> dribbling the ball around double screens and coming back out top and wasting the first twenty seconds of the shot clock. I just want to pull what little hair I have left out. You don't have any hair. I, what did I just say? You don't I, have any I to pull have, out. Yeah, there it is. Look, I'm touching it. It's uh, debatable. This is good radio. I'm touching it right now. <laughs> Look at that. Severe so Wheeler did have seven points and nine assists. He played well. He hit a three. I do cringe every time he shoots a three. And I also think every time Casey Wallace shoots a three, it's going into the basket. Um, Jay Wright was on the call. The other day. All right. Might as well make some people mad. Why not? I mean, it's a new year. If you're Josh Hurd at Louisville, do you behind the scenes kick the tires on Jay Wright? Josh Hurd worked at Villanova when Jay Wright was the coach there. He was the assistant athletic director. They know each other well. They apparently have a great relationship. If Kenny Payne doesn't win... More than a couple of games. Then. What do you do? Do you kick the tires? I say you do behind the scenes. Behind the scenes you kick the tires. I don't want anybody to know if I'm Josh Hurd. That I'm talking to Jay Wright. And and believe this or don't believe it. There is a certain amount of racist undertones in what's going on here. Because if you fire Kenny Payne after one season, or or if he decides to uh, that you let him resign, whatever, you're going to hear a lot of things like, oh, well, we know what this is about. Yeah, we know what this is about. Black man can't coach at Louisville. Bringing in a white guy. But I think if you're any Louisville fan, and I don't care what race, religion, color, I don't care who you are. If I told you tomorrow you can have Jay Wright and get rid of Kenny Payne. If you're a Louisville fan, I don't care who you are, you're going to say sign me up. Proven commodity. Two national championships at Villanova. Mm -hmm. Not at North Carolina or Kansas or Duke or Kentucky. At Villanova. Two national titles. With not the best talent in the country. I think you would agree that he, he did not have the best talent in the country, not even close to it, when he won those titles. I'm just saying, if you're Louisville, you've got NIL, NIL money to spend, you have the brand that is Louisville basketball, swing for the fences. And if Jay Wright tells you on an on a, uh, untapped phone call that you can deny you ever had no, I'm not interested. Then that's it. It ends right there.
1: That's that's the thing for me. If you before you got to kick the tires, you got to make sure they got air in them.
0: Yeah, I mean Josh Hurd has got Jay Wright's phone number, and Jay Wright, by the way, has Josh Hurd's phone number. Does Jay Wright decide? Man, I miss coaching because there are coaches that do this all the time. Uh, the old Saints coach Sean uh, Payton, he's dying to coach again. He's dying to coach again. He's dying so much to coach again that he might take the Broncos job. <laughs> Yikes. Jim Harbaugh, ready to go back to the NFL. That's the news that's came, come out this weekend. He's tired. He's done a, maybe the ceiling at Michigan is the Final Four because he wants to go back to the NFL now, apparently. You see this, this happens all the time. Coaches get out of coaching, they go do something else, and a year later they want to get back in. Jay Wright might be that guy. He might be that guy that said, you know what, I've taken Villanova to two titles. I don't think we can do that here again. I'm going to go work in TV for a year and find the perfect job. Find a, a better job for NIL and a better job at a, at a place that is a historical – basketball, commodity. Hell, I think Kentucky should kick the tires. Sure. Now, Cal's got a lifetime contract. That's like giving Albert Pujols 12-year contract to go play for the Angels. Don't give anybody a lifetime contract. Don't give anybody more than than an 8-year contract. It's crazy. But he's got a lifetime contract. Hey, Cal, uh, Jay Wright said he wants to take the job. You can still be the number one recruiter and, a, uh, and the ambassador of the program, which is what he's going to be when he finally does decide to hang it up. For the record, Cal's not going anywhere with that recruiting class he's got coming in. He not going anywhere. You got those studs coming in next year. Kentucky's a year away. By the way, I saw the odds to win the national championship this weekend. Mm-hmm. What do you think Kentucky is right now? Plus after the Louisville game, 1,500, 16 to one. So you're right on it. You're right on it. Purdue is also 16 to Mm one. Number one team in the country. That just tells me that they were the number one. Well, they were the the number. They're still the number one team in the country. They will be until Monday. Not in my mind. Until Monday, they will be.
1: They're off the pedestal now.
0: Oh, you loved that, didn't you? (laughs) Home loss to Rutgers.
1: Indiana's loss to Rutgers
0: doesn't look so bad now, huh? Oh. Take off your cream and crimson glasses <laughs> for just a minute, just just for this show. I know, I know you probably got to put them on to put up with TJ and Nick. I get that.
1: I can't take them off regarding Purdue, John. I just can't. <laughs> they, they stay locked in.
0: 65-64 yesterday. Uh, by the way, Texture reminded me there is one more game in the system tonight. It's New Mexico, the last unbeaten team in the country, by the way, Richard Patino's New Mexico Lobos. They are 14-0. They're at Fresno tonight. And New Mexico is a -a three-and-a-half point favorite. Undefeated against a five-and-eight Fresno State team. And they're three-and-a-half. Think about that. Vegas knows more than I do. Weird line. Vegas knows a lot more than I do. Period. End of story. (sighs) It's exhausting. It's exhausting to talk about UK football, but I have to. Yeah, that was a quick segue there, wasn't it? By the way, Louisville and uh, Syracuse tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Cards are nine-point underdogs here. For some reason, I think they cover tonight. I don't think Syracuse is very good. Syracuse has lost to Colgate. They've lost to Bryant. Not Colby Bryant. Bryant University. Um, Jim Bayheim you know, he's just is he just punching the clock now and sitting at the desk? In his office, I don't know how much coaching he's doing. Does
1: he still have one of his sons? I don't think so. I'm
0: surprised. He's oh, he might have one. He doesn't have the good one.
1: I'm Surprised he hung around if there's no. Buddy's there. gone.
0: Yeah. Um, I like I like Louisville here for some reason. I like the points. I don't I, look. I'll never again say that I think they're going to win. <laughs> but I like the points here. Never Kentucky, again. by the way, is a ten-point favorite tonight. Eight o'clock on uh, on the mothership on the big show, ESPN. LSU's twelve and one. Kentucky's nine and four. Coming off a rivalry win, it feels like LSU's the bet, but uh, Vegas is smarter than I am. There's a reason Kentucky's a ten point favorite. All right, we'll talk about that uh, really, really fun Kentucky Iowa bowl game. I hope if you have, if you have, uh, what do you call it when you can't go to sleep? Uh, sleep apnea. No, 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 Oh, that's when you We've talked about this before, and we and I can never think of the word. Gosh dang it, I can't either. When you can't go to sleep, I hope you watch that game. You would have had a great three-hour nap. We'll take a break, come back, you're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Anyway,
1: y'all! I heard it, I heard it, I heard it on the X. <laughs>
0: Welcome back Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Scooter Dingus on the other side of the glass. Final segment of the day. Hope you're having a great new year. Finishing up on the Kentucky Louisville basketball. Uh, LLS 23 for the cards. Well, look, he's a warrior. He gives it everything he's got every time out. Louisville got caught. I went back and went. <laughs> This is how boring my life is. I went back and watched the game a second time. Louisville defensively has no clue what they're doing. They no. are. they Down low especially, they stand around. They don't know how to switch. It's, it's hard to watch. Brandon uh, Huntley Hatfield had 10 points, four rebounds. Those were the only two cards in double figures. Kentucky 60% from the field. Uh, Louisville shot 46.8%, cards were 2 of 13 from long range. Kentucky's got to have to fix their free throws if they want to win it at all. They were 16 of 25 on Saturday. Oscar missed a few, Toppin missed a few. Uh Wheeler, you never know what you're going to get to free throw line, so and and look, Raftery mentioned it and Jay Wright mentioned it, they worked on free throws. I don't know how much you can work on free throws. You can either shoot free throws or you can't. That's it. Cal's Memphis team that should have beat Kansas in the in the championship game back in the day, just couldn't shoot straight from the free throw line. It's they're, all mentals. They're good dunking the ball. And the rebounding edge was 33-20. to 20. Louisville had 20 rebounds. Shibway had 14. So, Louisville's got length. And look, nobody has been able to keep Shibway off the board. So, it's not fair to point at Louisville and say, oh, how can Shibway get 14 rebounds when you're longer than – Nobody can keep Shebaway off the board. But you've got to get more than 20 when you've got Roosevelt Wheeler, Huntley Hatfield, a, a very long Jalen Withers, long J.J. Trainer, a wide Sidney Curry. You've got to get more than 20 rebounds. Um, all right. I guess I'll talk about the Music City Bowl. Might as well go out on a bad note here. 21 <laughs> nothing Iowa over Kentucky. Kentucky's defense was outstanding. By the way, Iowa only had 206 yards of total offense. Destin Wade, I texted my buddies at halftime wondering if Destin Wade was going to put his name in the portal at halftime. He was 16 of 30 for the game for 98 yards, but two pick sixes, um, and they were elementary school pick sixes.
1: I didn't end up betting a freaking defensive touchdown. Wish I would have. Did you bet the
0: under? I did bet the under. Thirty-one
1: was. T- I looked at my phone. I was because I was busy watching the Kentucky Louisville basketball game, and I looked on my phone and I was like, "Oh, it's twenty-one nothing at halftime. That over or that under is shredded." And then they just don't score the rest of the game. That's awesome. Well,
0: I had the over. Sorry, in a parlay, and I texted my buddy who also had it, and I said at halftime, and I said, two more pick sixes, and, and we got that. <laughs> um, one offensive touchdown. That game should have been seven to nothing. Again, Kentucky's defense played well. They couldn't run the football. Iowa's got a great defense. We knew that coming in. Um, it's all about not having Will Levis, though. It's all about – because Barry and Brown was open a couple times, and Wade just missed him. He was open down the field. He got behind the defense. Wade just missed him. Kentucky finishes 7-6. and six little bit of a downer, but you've got Devin Leary coming in to play quarterback. You've got the Vanderbilt running back uh, transferring in. He's really good. Your defense should be fine again next year. At what point does Kentucky fan get tired of hearing, oh, we're going to compete for the Eastern title? Well, as long as Georgia's around, you're not winning the East. You might as well hope for uh, they, they get rid of divisions here. As long as Kirby Smart's got it rolling in Athens, you're not winning the East. By the way, how good were those semifinal games? Oh, they were great. Uh, I, I wish
1: TCU-Michigan was a little closer than it was. But.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that, but, man, TCU. When are we going to believe in TCU? Because we don't. I didn't. Do you now? When I picked, absolutely, I do now. You do? Because I still don't. I believe in TCU now. And the spread is 13 right now. I would advise you if you're going to bet this game to get Georgia at 13 because this is going to go to 14-and-a-half in my opinion. And then maybe you can bet the other way, try to hit that lucky middle. I'll tell you what game should have went middle yesterday was uh, Mississippi State-Illinois until that last play of the game. That middle was going to hit. But if you're going to bet Georgia, I'm telling you, go bet it today because it's not going to stay 13. When is that game, next Monday? Monday night, 7.30 ESPN. The uh, Verbo-ReliaQuest-Cheese-It National Championship game, I think is what it's called. Is there an
1: NFL game that night?
0: Uh, No, no no Monday night football. Season ends Sunday night with Green Bay and Detroit. Green Bay wins their end. Detroit could still get in the playoffs. If Seattle loses and Detroit beats Green Bay, the Lions, believe it or not, would be in. But, again, playoff implications from that uh, game being canceled last night. We'll get to that. Uh, Kentucky had 185 yards of total offense in that game. Yuck. It was uh, – I'm glad Kentucky-Louisville basketball was on because I kept trying to watch them both, and I kept thinking I can't watch anymore this football game. It's, it is so bad. I'm glad I
1: only had a one TV set up and had to make a decision. <laughs>
0: I guess you made, made the right, the right you one. made the right one. Yeah. TCU 51, Michigan 45. Max Duggan is a stud. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. By the way, Jim Harbaugh, last six postseason games, 0-6. Think about that. Now, two, only two have come in the playoffs. That's the last two years. But he lost the last four bowl games before that, too. And he wants to go to the NFL? Hey, But I, I, I had my, my open lined up for today. It was going to be, it was a bad night to be an undefeated football team. And then Georgia came back and blew my open. 42 to 41. The field goal attempt by Ohio, Ohio State comes at the stroke of midnight, literally within two seconds of midnight and the new year. And that was a good snap, it was a good hold. And it was a choke yank by that kicker. Now, I don't get on high, on college kids because they're kids. But, man, that was bad. Going to feel real bad in about five, six years looking that, back. That was, that was not good. Uh, I don't know how Spencer Bennett keeps winning. He's made a deal with the devil. He's Stetson. not. Uh, Spencer, Stetson, Sherman, Sidney, <laughs> Sh- Shelby. I don't care what his name is. He's not going to be in the NFL. He keeps on winning. I don't know if he sold his soul to the devil. I don't know how they do it, but uh, their defense – look, Ohio State – C.J. Stroud was great. He was great. And Ohio State probably should have won that game, right? 14-point lead. Mm -hmm. Give Georgia credit. It's hard to beat the champion. And they're the champions from last year. They're undefeated again. They're a 13-point favorite over TCU. I do give TCU a puncher's chance. They came out and punched Michigan in the face. Now, they're going to try to do the same thing against Georgia. If it works, great. If it doesn't, they might get beat by 30. But I am – look, this is a fun game. I wanted Ohio State-Michigan. Bad day for the Big Ten. Big Ten started bowl season 4-0. Then all of a sudden it was 4-4, and then Penn State got them to 5-4. They finished at 5-4 in the bowl season. Big 12 is 2-6, but one of those wins, TCU over Michigan. Makes it look a little more respectable. It makes you it feel pretty good if you're a Big 12. And if you're a Big 12 school, you're splitting and you're getting some of this money from this championship game. Right? Thank you, Horned Frogs. Yeah. I mentioned this last week. First team from Texas to uh, get to the playoff. So.
1: Now trying to be the first one to win it.
0: Yeah. Obviously. Thanks for that, Mr. Obvious. Yep.
1: That's what I'm here for. I understand.
0: <laughs> no, you're here so that um, – the, uh, I don't go off the air. That's why you're here. That's
1: true. Be get a little bit of money along the way.
0: LSU 63, Purdue 7 yesterday. That game was awful. I feel bad for Brian Brom, Drew Brees, who was the quarterback's coach yesterday. Uh, Purdue was missing Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback. Charlie Jones, maybe the best receiver in college football. Payne, Durham, their great tight end, and it showed. We sure we want to bring Brian to Louisville? It sh- Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it showed. 63-7. to And Brian Kelly, he's not a good dude. I mean, you can be the head coach at Notre Dame and everybody thinks you're a great dude. He's not a good dude. They were just trying to pour it on Purdue yesterday. And they did. Uh, other not a good dude, James Franklin, Penn State, beat uh, Utah 35-21. Unimportant late score for Utah. Got me the over. Nice. Nice. Tulane and Southern Cal, Southern Cal had a six a a 14 point lead, 15 point lead, excuse me, with under four minutes to play. And for an unbelievable, unexplainable reason, because of a miscue, they had the ball at their own one yard line, up eight points, and they ran it up the middle twice. First time they barely got out of the end zone. Second time they did not. Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, played great and was not touched in the pocket all game long. Why Lincoln Riley chose not to throw from his own end zone there is beyond me. Because nobody got a hand on on Caleb Williams the whole game. And he had receivers wide open the whole game. It was a mismatch in talent. But it was also a terrible, maybe one of the worst Defenses I've ever seen, Southern Cal. It was like they don't care. It was like when uh, Loyola Marymount was coached by um, uh, Tony Burkle. Help me here; I can't think of his name. They they didn't care if you scored. They wanted the ball back because they were going to get it up the floor and score within the first ten seconds. And if you scored, fine. Our ball. Our ball. That is what USC football reminded me of yesterday. We're going to score, but then you're probably – it was a 15-point game. SC had recovered a fumble, taken it down and scored, got up 15, with four minutes to go. Tulane had a two-play, 23-second drive. And it was a slant over the middle and another pass, and that was it. 23 seconds. They cut it to eight. And I, w- I, looked at the guy next to me. And I went, Tulane's going to win this game. And then when the kickoff was fumbled out of bounds at the one, you get the safety. I said, I know that would have been the perfect spot to bet the your favorite in game bet, Tulane to win outright. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that.
1: No, I was over in Kentucky, unfortunately.
0: <sighs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know why you would make that mistake. I don't know why I can't sports bet in that state. Paul Westhead, thank you, Tony Burke, was the head coach at Loyola Marymount. Uh, Mississippi State, 19, Illinois, 10. Congratulations to the Bulldogs who won this one for the Pirate, Mike Leach. I was happy they won. Uh, Tampa, where you got the Pirate ship in the end zone, I think that was kind of a a sign, Mm -hmm. you know? Mike, the pirate leech. They're playing in Tampa with the pirate ship in the end zone. Well done. All right, uh, Clay Thompson scored fifty four last night, and nobody noticed. The Golden State Warriors beat Atlanta one forty three to one forty one in double overtime. Clay was unbelievable. I, I watched the end of that game. Um, it was on NBA television. And uh, it was fun, man. Atlanta would take a lead. Atlanta had the game won in regulation, gave it back. Golden State had it won in the first overtime, gave it back. And uh, Clay was great. But nobody noticed that Clay Thompson scored 54 points. Why? Because earlier in the evening, Cleveland beat Chicago in overtime 145 to 134. Former Cardinal Donovan Mitchell, 71 points, eight rebounds. 11 assists. That's the most points since Kobe scored 81 back in the day.
1: Only the seventh time in NBA history a player scored
0: 70. Uh, that's not true. That is true. That is not true. Wilt Chamberlain did it five times. So you got Kobe and now Donovan. Uh, Elgin Baylor did it. There, there's a couple more guys. Maybe seven players. Seven players might you be go. correct. Come on. Come it's on, right. Scoot. Do the if when you read the read, read the whole thing. I'm out. Read the fine print. I'm out. My bad. Seventy-one, eight, and eleven. My question is: If you score seventy-one, how do you get eleven assists? That's incredible. Twenty. How many field goal attempts do you think Donovan Mitchell took to get seventy-one points? Forty-two. Twenty-two of thirty-four. He was twenty of twenty-five at the line. Seven of fifteen from three. All right. We'll recap the cats and cards tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big y'all.